finally, finally, finally. As you know, I don't have an intro, or I probably wouldn't play. If I did have an intro, I wouldn't even play it today. But welcome, everybody, to finally an episode this week of Conversation with Shelby Green. I was gone for a week, been busy, been hectic. So let me give you an update as I crack this bottle of water open real quick. Take a wa- swig of water for the working busy man. Oh, God damn. So let's see what happened. So what happened was last week, obviously, I had a show planned for you and just got busy and I started recording an episode. And I was about 20 minutes in and it just didn't feel like it was what I wanted. It wasn't what I thought would be a good episode. So I went ahead and just decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and just chill out for a little while and enjoy myself. And I decided, you know what, I'm just going to take a week off and I had plans to record I had plans to record this weekend, or this past weekend on Saturday, Sunday. Plans changed. Tried Monday. Plans changed. I had a plan on Tuesday to, to actually get up and do it. And I had to take my stepson, my kid, basically, my kid, to um, basically to the uh, dentist. His, his uh, bracket came out of his braces. I take him to the dentist. I'm emergency. I take him out of school. So I just didn't have the time. And I finally had time today to do it. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to do it today. And I'll just post it on Friday. So I'm recording at Thursday night at 8 o'clock at night before I go to work here at 10 o'clock. And I'm missing a Louisville TBT tournament game right now. So I'm a little fucking annoyed about that. But I got to push this content out if I want to make full, move further and longer with this. So I'm just a little annoyed right now. So I apologize. I signed just a little moody. So what's going on? So next week, guys, obviously I had planned a watch along for SummerSlam 1998, the highway to hell with Virgil Patton. And uh, basically, Virgil had something come up in his schedule, and Virgil just didn't have time. And I didn't want to sit through three hours just for y'all to hear my commentary on things. So I just said, you know what? And I said, I'm just going to cancel it, and we'll just do a SummerSlam preview next week. And I'll do I'll do more details on that at the end of the show. That being said, let's get into our first daily topics. A lot of things have happened lately. Um, a lot of things are going on. I'm setting my phone up here. I actually took notes for this so it wouldn't be a random screwed up episode. I'm going to try and get you out of here about an hour, guys. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride, and let's just kick it off. So we already know Jalen Brown got the Supermax extension. Jalen Brown, a guard forward for the Ball Celtics. One of my favorite players in the game to watch. I'm a big Jalen Brown friend, actually. And Jalen Brown, uh, six years, 300, I think it was five years. It's a five-year deal, $301 million. And um, basically, Jalen Brown got his money. He got paid. I am not against any athlete, as I take a swig of water, that is about getting paid. And I really believe that this was actually a good... I mean, Jalen Brown does a lot of things for the Boston Celtics. I mean, he's been taking some criticism that people lack his ball handling skills. He's not good going left. I mean, people have knocked him. But obviously, you know, Jalen Brown has done a lot of... uh, you know, a lot of, uh, he's a solid player. He's he's consistent, and I think three hundred one million dollars. It's the new norm. The, the 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 salary cap in the NBA. I was telling Dad and I, were, my Dad and I were talking about this. Last, I think it was Monday or Tuesday. No, it was it was a Thursday. Well, actually, it was my brother's birthday on Wednesday. We went out for breakfast, and he told me. I told him. I said, when I was a senior in high school, the maximum salary cap for the NBA was sixty three million dollars. It is now, and Jalen Brown is making equivalent to that now per year starting next season, the season after, excuse me. And, I mean, it makes me think, what is Jason Tatum going to get? 
Here's a question, and you know, there's some names about Jamal Murray. What's he going to get? Donovan Mitchell's contract's going to be up in three years. What's he going to get? There's going to be some certain guys that are about to get paid, and that's what it is. But here's the big one. What is Joker going to get? And I made it clear that I think Joker's a $400 million player. In today's market, he's worth $400 million, and I'll explain why. Two-time league MVP, just won a championship, a finals MVP, multiple first-team All-NBA player. He has to be, I think. If I'm wrong, I apologize. But if he's not, that's that's insane. You know, what's he going to be worth? What's Joel Embiid going to get paid? I mean, there's more we can talk about. We're going to talk. I'm going to have a big preseason NBA show. I got a big NFL plan, a show coming up. We're going to talk about the NFL here in a minute. But um, absolutely, it's just it's amazing to me that as I click on my other pages that um. Guys are getting paid this money. I'm not like I said. I'm not against any man that wants to get paid, bro. Get make your money, make your money, and that's a fact. Just make it, make whatever you can, and it is what it is. But like everybody else says, it is what it is. You know, people are throwing a, throwing a bunch of. <laughs> throwing a fit about these guys are making too much money they sit out games blah 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 look man i'm not a big fan of guys sitting out never have been never will be it is what it is but at the same time you know guys are worth what they're playing i mean the nba is very popular right now i think the only sport that's popular more popular is the nfl and i think major league baseball is making a running back i mean the cincinnati Reds. shout out to them even though they can't beat the fucking milwaukee brewers but they're doing their thing but overall, Jalen Brown, $301 million, and to make today's market, he's worth it. I mean, there's certain guys that got extensions in the offseason were making 200 to $260 million, and they ain't done a damn thing. At least Jalen Brown's been to a couple conference finals and an NBA finals. Yeah, he's the second best player on the team, but, I mean, $301 million is what it is. Speaking of um, <clears throat> contracts and people getting paid, let's talk about the NFL running back situation. Unfortunately, the running back position is becoming an afterthought. Growing up... The running game was everything in football. Yeah, you threw the ball around the field, but I didn't throwing the ball around the field didn't really get elevated till I was about I would say I was in eighth grade, ninth grade. It really didn't elevate. I mean, what, what, what was I? I was in eighth grade when I think I was in was in seventh grade. I was either seventh eighth grade when Brady had that that year where they went they went um, undefeated in the regular season and lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl with Randy Moss and company. But that was really the first time. And I remember, I remember the Kurt Warner offense from 2000, the Rams. I remember that. Greatest show on turf, I believe what that's what they called it. Um, but, I, but I always grew up with a, 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 being a Steelers fan. It was running the ball, hard-nosed defense. That's how you win games. And obviously, Big Ben Roethlisberger came around. And you got, you know, started airing the ball out more as, you know, the years went on. The games went to a, you know, Four wideouts out, tied in over the middle type of offense, and the running game is more of catching passes out of the backfield. And every once in a while, they'll get get about. If you see a running back get, I mean, how often? I want to think about this. How often do you see a running back get twenty to twenty five carries a game? You really don't see it. I mean, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor here in Indianapolis, um, Najee Harris has gotten some carries for the Steelers, um, but. Alvin Kamara will get 15 to 17 carries, but he'll catch five or six passes out of the backfield. Um, another one, um, um, McCaffrey. He's more of a receiving back. If you really look at, it. he will catch pat. He will run the ball, but he catches a lot of passes out of the backfield. But yeah, like you look at that and you go like the running back position, whatever. And the Giants and the Raiders are two of the teams that we're talking about here. Saquon Barkley signed a one-year deal 
for $11 million, $10.2 million guaranteed, and $2 million on the sentence. So he can make almost $13 million on salary. And, you know, obviously taxes or whatever. So he's going to see about maybe mm, 6 to $8 million of that money, you know. So here's the thing. <clears throat> you give the Giants paid Daniel Jones. you got to pay your quarterbacks. Unfortunately, you have to pay your quarterbacks and pay them. But I don't care who you are, what you are, or anything. It's a fucking crying shame. You tell me the Giants make the playoffs without Saquon Barkley? Because Saquon Barkley, not only does he run the ball, he catches a lot of passes. Saquon's one of the best players in the NFL. When he is healthy, now I, I know his health is me concerned, I get that. But the last, last season, he was pretty much healthy, and look what he did. Saquon was amazing. He had a great year last year, and I think he's worth – I mean, he's worth $14, $15, 16000000 million per year if you look at it. Now, the problem is, and then let's talk about Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. The Raiders were horrible last year, but Josh, Josh Jacobs, I had him on my fantasy team, <laughs> you know. Josh was catching passes out of the backfield, and he was running the ball very well to the point where it's like they, he's going to get paid, and they franchise these guys. First off, I, I don't know about y'all, but I, that's why I'm such a fan of the NBA because the franchise tag in sports is complete other bullshit. I really believe that it's bullshit. Well, we're not going to sign a long-term deal, but we'll franchise you for another year. We'll keep you around for one more year. How about this? Why don't you get rid of the franchise tag, period, and let guys explore for agency? See, that's what the NFL doesn't want to do. The NFL doesn't want to do that because they don't want to – if you really look at it, it's really commissioner's league. The players have no say-so in the NFL. They got certain says, but how many times you see the NFL players go against the grain and you know they're getting fined or they have issues or it's always something no matter what. And you tell me, now Josh Jacobs and Saquon both have had injuries, they've had issues, but you telling me that Josh, you tell me if Josh Jacobs hit the market right now, there wouldn't be a team out there to pay him? You tell me if Saquon didn't hit the market that people wouldn't be lining up at his door to, come on, come play for us. You imagine, you know, a team with cat space that can, that can afford to pay, you don't think that would happen? Absolutely it would happen. And it's a shame because the running backs are being forgotten. And I hope the Steelers, when Najee Harris hear this, First two years, two in the first season and a half, they ran his ass in the ground. Then they put Jalen Warren in the backfield, got him a second back back there, and it helped him out a little bit to the point where he's like, okay, we know now we, we got two backs in the backfield can help. But look at what happened. Look at the Buffalo Bills. Naeem Hines has a jet ski accident, loses his knee, and the Bills don't want to pay him his $2.6 million because he's going to be hurt all year. They don't want to pay him that. How is that fair? I mean, well, you know, he got hurt outside of football field. Well, if it's in his contract that he can't do this and he gets hurt, yeah, that's on him. I get it. But the way it's being said, like, wait a minute, you can't do this. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs found out when after Patrick Mahomes signed that huge-ass deal when he got paid and he was playing pickup basketball, they even called Patrick says, don't do that. I mean, look what happened to Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck got paid, got his money, and had injury issues. But, you know, there was rumors about he, he loves snowboarding. He liked doing other things outside life besides football, and he retired. And part of that is Luck's decision, but also has a lot to do with Grigson and Ursay being a, and those guys running him in the fucking ground not getting him protection. And that's a fact. Now, as I take a sip of water again, here's my opinion. The reason why also the running backs have had issues, look what happened when DeMarco Murray got paid, and look what happened to Ezekiel Elliott when they got paid. DeMarco Murray had a great year. His, his final year in Dallas, he had 292 carries, and he also caught 30 to 40 balls in the backfield, I believe. He touched the ball over 300 times. 
And the Eagles paid him two to four million dollars more than what Dallas won't offer. They let him go. And obviously Chip Kelly came in and ruined fucking DeMarco Murray. Then he went to Tennessee and you know, it didn't pan out with him and, and you know, he played a little bit for a cup of coffee and then Derrick Henry emerged and it was and Murray's career's over with. It was Ezekiel Elliott. He held out. He held out and look what happened to him. Got kind of came in at camp overweight and was never the same. Really, if you look at it, Zeke's years, he has digressed. And nobody's picked him up. There was rumors of the Jets, the Bears, and somebody else were looking at him, and nobody's picked him up. I mean, it's unfortunate. I grew up in an era where, you know, I had watched guys, you know, like, you know, Willis McGahee, you know. I just thought I'm running running back schemes. I mean, I watched LT, you know, Edder and James. I mean, so, I mean, Charles Martin for the Jets was a good running back. Jerome Bettis, the bus, obviously, even though I'm not a big as a Steeler fan, I'm not a huge fan of the bus. I think he's a little overrated, but that's just my opinion as a fan. I know some Steeler fans are like, huh? But it's just that's just my opinion. Um, you know, it's just so many guys. It's, it's sad because the running back is kind of being forgotten about. But here's the thing. Crunch time, who gets the ball? Who would who when you want to get a first down when it's second and third or second and one, who do you want the ball in your hands? You don't usually they might pull a QB sneak, but nine times out of ten they what they do. They line up on the line of scrimmage. Quarterback is under center, he hands the ball to his running back, and the running back's gonna burst through that hole. I mean, let's be honest. We saw what happened when you don't make the right decision. You put the quarterback in his hands. Seattle versus New England Super Bowl years ago. You're on the one, two yard line, and you know, Russell Wilson wanted to be the hero. I don't care what anybody says. Denver is a de- – the Broncos are the – if you have not seen what happened to Russell Wilson, everybody says Pete Carroll made that decision. It wouldn't surprise me if Russell Wilson called an audible and wanted to throw the ball quick. They wouldn't be expecting it. No. Marshawn Lynch is averaging almost five yards per after contact or four or five yards after contact when he carries the ball when he's getting hit, and you want to not give him the ball one or two-yard line. Let, let's be honest about that. But – you know, look at that. Look what happened to Marshawn Lynch. He didn't play for Seattle ever again. He he walked away and he ended up coming back to the Raiders. And coming back a year later to the Raiders. Look at that. I mean, it's unfortunate. And it sucks. But at the same time, I get it. Some things change. I mean, you know, everybody says the big man is out of, the profession, is out of basketball. But Joker, Giannis, and Embiid are arguably the top three players in the world right now. And when they do, they're bigs. I mean, Giannis is a power four, but he plays some of the five because it's small ball. But he really, he's a four, but he's a big. In, in today's era, Joel and Joker are back to the last three years. They've been the MVPs. So everybody, you know, everybody wants to say, well, the big man don't exist anymore. Well, we're clearly seeing that. And unfortunately, the running backs are saying are non-existent. But crunch time, everything else, they go to these guys. And unfortunately, it sucks. Because I feel like it's bullshit. You know, the Le'Veon Bell thing. We talked about that with the Steelers years ago. Five years, $72 million. Steelers off from $38 million guaranteed. And he wanted more because he considered himself a receiver than a running back. He did catch a lot of passes. I'll give Le'Veon the credit for that. But let's be honest. When he did that shit, that tore that locker room apart. Because if James James Conner came in and had a Pro Bowl year, what do you think, the, what do you think Le'Veon Bell would have done? You know, and I think about that all the time. I wanted Le'Veon to stay. I wanted him to get paid. I wanted Le'Veon more than I wanted Antonio Brown. I was one of those guys. And unfortunately, you know, Le'Veon's lawyer came out and says, I don't regret anything. I regret leaving the greatest fan base in the world. He talked about that. He felt bad. He said, I should have never left. I should have just took the money and walked and kept my money. He made less money with the Jets. If you look at it, Kurt, you know, look at it. He signed that five-year deal, $72 million, He's still be in the middle of that deal probably or right towards the end of it because he was getting better. 
But my opinion, I think running backs should get paid. I think you got the franchise tag. I'll be let go. Um, I think running backs should, if they need to leave school early, I think there could be an exception. Like if they're a sophomore and they're at the age where they can go, they should be have the option to go pro. I think it's to the point now where I know the quarterbacks and receivers are very precious, and I get it. The game is that way. I understand. But running backs catch a lot. Of, there's a lot of running backs out there that are, are that catch a lot of passes and score a lot of touchdowns from the receiver. The receiver. How many times you see guys on screen plays or a running back going over the middle from the backfield catching passes? How many times you see that? You see that quite often in today's game. I'm just saying. I just think that's that's just that's just my opinion on it. And it is what it is. You guys can talk about it. Um, and you can feel free about it. If you guys want to comment on that, you can comment on it and let me know how you feel about it. I'll, I will talk about it. I just feel like, in my opinion, running backs should get paid. That's all about that. Now let's talk about Bronny James. Bronny James is the son of LeBron James. And my condolences to him right now. I'm, I know he. I get that there was an update today that he's at home resting. He had cardiac arrest, 18 years old. Playing at USC, and you know nobody's really saying anything. And I'm going to talk about this. In my opinion, if that if I was LeBron James and his 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 wife, Bronny's mother, I would seriously sit down and say, "Listen, kid, listen, son, you have all the money in the world. If you want to play, I, I understand. I respect the decision, but we're going to keep running test after test on your heart. Because as a father, I don't know if I can allow my kid to do it. I just don't know as as a parent." Being a like last year and a half, being around a little boy that plays sports, it's scary. That's a scary when you see a kid at that age, 18 years old, and he obviously Bronny's not in bad shape. I guarantee you, his dad makes sure he eats. I mean, look at LeBron at 38, 39 years old. It's amazing his, the way he's kept his body. Now he spent a lot of money on keeping himself in shape and a lot of that. I get that, but you still got to put the work in. And I really believe that Bronny follows his dad's regimen. I mean, you look at him; he don't look like he's out of shape. It is, you know, and I hope he's doing okay. And it, 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 it's just unfortunate, man. I just pray to God that there's a decision. I mean, I wasn't young enough. I don't think I was old enough. I, I remember Dad telling the stories of Hank Gathers, you know, what happened with that. I mean, it's scary. It's scary. I mean, you know, my girlfriend has a bad heart. She has pods. Pods, I believe, pot, pots, excuse me, which is a side effect from COVID. There's been, I watched my girlfriend get so overwhelmed in the shower from heat and exhaustion because her heart is so bad she, from stress and she's fell and fall. You know, I go to go get her out of the shower and she falls right on my arm. She passes out. It's scary. It's scary to see someone that you love and care about have that. It's scary sitting in the hot, you know, going to work and hearing your girl saying, I'm having chest pains going to the hospital. It can fuck with you. It can fuck with you. And, you know, I, I, I pray to God that, that kid makes a full recovery. And I ho- I like to see him play again. But as a but as a guy who is a parent and looks at kids a certain way, I would, you know, I'd be hesitant, you know, at the same time. So, But that being said, I want to talk about Charlie Ar- Artnola. And I want to talk about her. And here's the thing. Charlie Caruso from WWE, I mean, you know, she's now on a different talk show. And she is very... Um, Anti-vax, um, and this is um, a situation. I am not vaccinated, and this is me talking. I am not vaccinated. I am not against. I am not pro-anti-vax. I am not whatever. I just didn't get it. Um, if you have it, I you at your choice. Like it was my choice. I hope you respect my decision. Like I respect yours. I don't want to be thrown in my face. You need to get the vaccine. I never got it. 
I just just didn't want to just just I haven't I tell you the truth I had it I got I tell you this is how I am I haven't got a flu shot since high school and I've got it my first time I got a tetanus shot this past spring for the first time in years too I, that, that that's just how I am I've never been a doc, a big doctor guy until I got with my girl who's a girlfriend who's a nurse but it was just I've just never been I've never been that way this is how I am but Charlie tweeted this and this is what really made it made my fucking skin crawl young athletes like like Brian James should not be going to cardiac arrest unless nothing none less wishing a speedy recovery see this is what pisses me off when you post your political views or your anti-vax rules on what happens look it could be anything. Now, do I think the vaccine probably played a part in it? It's possible. It's a it's a possibility. It is what it is. I mean, that vaccine, I mean, we don't know what it does. I mean, there's people that said they've had blood clots from some of them. There's some people there, blah, 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 whatever. But the fact that you tweeted this at the time, can't you keep that opinion to yourself? Why do people have to go on social media and stir the fucking pot? I know, I get it. If you want attention, there's other things you can do to get create the attention. There's other things you, you can do. But you, you're you attacking an 18... You're not attacking a kid, but you're going... It's making a point that, well, if you didn't get vaccinated, this probably didn't happen. If you're anti-vax, you're anti-vax. Hell yeah, absolutely, 100%. It's your opinion. But why do you got to tweet that? Why do you have to put that out there to make your opinion? Well, if he was... What the fuck? There are kids out here right now that have heart issues, that have are born with diseases, blood diseases... How you know LeBron? How do we know that Bronny didn't have a medical condition that nobody knew about? That his parents didn't want the media knowing about? How do we not know that? Give me a fucking break! I saw that tweet and my it just made my fuck. I, I rolled my eyes and I just said, "Fuck you! This is ridiculous." You know, I you know Charlie Cruz. I used to love watching her on WWE TV on ESPN. I thought she did a great job, but that shit right there, I'm just like, you know what? I've got nothing to say to you. It's just it's just keep your fucking opinions to yourself. And that's my opinion on that. I'm sticking with that. And it's bullshit. That being said, I hope, uh, I guess Bronny's out of the hospital. I hope he's doing well. And I hope he makes a full recovery. And i love to see him on the court again. But if he never played again, I'd be very happy with that. So let's talk about a little, we got a little trailer watch along to do with you, do with y'all. And I still haven't taken, I still have not turned my volume down on my YouTube ads. So we'll probably hear some fucking ads. But the Exorcist trailer dropped, and I keep here, you know, I watched it when it first dropped, and I wasn't a fan of it, so we're going to go ahead and do this again for you guys. I'm going to watch it with you guys, and let's see how I feel about it. Let's see. I apologize. There's some advertisements, and there is no advertisements. Here we go, y'all. Exorcist Believer official trailer. It's on the Universal Pictures page, and here we go. Angela and Catherine. It's about seven hours ago, and that's the last information we have. Catherine! Angela! If you can hear this, we love you. Please come home. Hey, hey, you found her? We and Catherine do it out there in those woods. You're just walking and walking. It's fine. Angela, can you tell your dad how long you were gone? A few hours. Baby, you've been gone three days. What did you say? I didn't say nothing. 
Okay, so whew, second time watching that, and my opinions, I feel like it's got a chance to be really good. Um, I think it's it looks safe. David Gordon Green is directing this. Obviously, we know David Gordon Green recently did the Halloween trilogy, and I will state this. Halloween 2018, I really enjoyed. Halloween Kills is one of my favorites, and Halloween Ends is kind of whatever. And unfortunately... They kind of, um, you know, they kind of just made things uh, difficult for me to trust David Gordon Green because I don't trust some of his writing, and I feel like this film is going to be very, very safe. And I'm not a big fan of possibly, you know watching a film that relies on jump scares. I think cinematography looks really good where it's shot. I think that's really good. I will say David Gore Green in the Halloween trilogy, his cinematography with the way it was shot was fucking amazing. That being said, I will see it opening weekend. I will make take my make my time to go see it, but I'm not looking forward to it. I feel like it's just going to be a, a solid film that me that is just another horror film. I know it's the first of a trilogy, so we'll see what happens. That being said, let's we got some Halloween news here, and you know they say you can't evil never dies, and you can't kill the boogeyman. Well, uh, we have got some new news that that we may not. Michael Myers might not be. Michael Myers may 
<laughs> may not be going away if I can find this damn thing. I'm trying to find this article. As a matter of fact, let me go ahead and pull it up on my Facebook. As a matter, I'm trying to find the article for it. I can't find it, so hold on, guys. Be patient with me for a second. And let's go to my... I'm trying to put my Facebook up. Nope, nope, nope. No, I don't want to do that. Okay. Scrolling through my timeline. Scrolling through my timeline. Scrolling through my timeline. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. I'm trying to find it. That's not it. Where is it? Oh, here it is. So, executive producer Malik Akkad has already heard multiple pitches, formal and informal, about where to take the Halloween franchise next. As of yet, nothing is set in stone. Any ideas need to be shopped around or heard around to new steals and distributors. Blumhouse is out. TV series is on the table. Okay, so here's the thing. I get it, the, the appeal for Halloween. It is arguably the greatest horror franchise of all time. I think it's the most popular. People love Michael Myers. There are a lot of people out here that say, I don't like horror films, but I love Michael Myers. And I'm, I get it. Michael was the first. Halloween 4 was the very first horror film that I've ever watched. And yeah, don't ask why. <laughs> but it was the first one ever watched. And Halloween is always, and Halloween, the original one, is my favorite horror film of all time. And I've always had a good, great passion. I mean, I have a Michael Myers tattoo on my forearm, one of my favorite tattoos. And, or my bottom, my lower arm, excuse me. And uh, I would be okay with a TV show. I would be fine with that. I feel like if you were to reboot it and bring it back again, can we do one thing? Can we take Michael away from Laurie Stroke? Can we put Michael in a different situation where he's not handcuffed to Laurie Strode? It, you know, Halloween 1 and 2. The, the original ones, he was handcuffed to Laurie Strode. You know, we all know what Halloween 3 was. Halloween 4, comes back, he's going after Jamie, which is Laurie's daughter. Halloween 5, the same thing. Halloween 6, he's going after Jamie and her baby. Halloween, you know, then they reboot it. They they, they make a non-can, they bring back H2O, he's after Laurie. Then they do that resurrection, which was a shit bomb. You know, he finally gets his hands on Laurie, and she dies in a non-cinematic way, which is totally a fuckery to my opinion. Then you got, take a swig of water. Then you come back and you get, um, um, you have a, uh, fuck, what is it? Uh, then you have the Halloween reboots. Obviously, Laurie Strode is tied to it again. And then you get, then we finally get a trilogy, a new trilogy, and it's Laurie all three films again. It's just, can we get Michael away from Laurie? That's all I ask. I love Laurie Strode. I, I think she's one of the, before this, before the trilogy and always seeing her, I thought she was the greatest final girl of all time. That opinion has changed over the years because of how many times I've seen her. My opinion is this. If you were to do this one way, reboot it with a different idea for Michael, you can keep the same premise, the same look, everything. But can we do it differently? Can we go with a different route? Maybe Michael gets out of the thing. Maybe Michael gets out. And <clears throat> Michael gets out and he goes after somebody else. The same premise, but make it a different story where maybe Michael kills everyone and gets away and the boogeyman lives throughout Haddonfield. Or hell, take him out of Haddonfield. Put him in fucking Chicago. Put him in a different location. You know, put him up, like, put him up in, like, 
northern, like put them out in like a fall area, like what would be a beautiful area, like put them up in Michigan, put them, put, just put them somewhere, change the premise of it. Or you can do what everybody wants and do the legacy sequel to Halloween 4 like everybody wants. Here's my opinion on that too. I love Daniel Harris. Um, I think she's a great horror actress. I think I would have loved to seen her in the new Halloween trilogy in some form or fashion. But here's the, the facts of this. You know, there are times when you need to let things go. And I really believe that she has kind of dragged this on. I would like to see a Halloween 4 or 5 legacy sequel where she comes back against Michael. That'd be cool. And I think it would be a good idea. But obviously, I'm not the one in charge. If I was in the horror genre right now in Hollywood, I would say, because everything's shut down, I would state this. I said, you know, we've seen Michael. We've gotten Texas Chainsaw Mexican films. we got a Friday the 13th. TV series come out. Can we get some Nightmare on Elm Street? Something going on? Can we get a Pumpkinhead reboot? Can we do something different? Because what worries me is they're going to bring back more slasher content. More slashers. Because, you know, let's be honest. The 70s and 80s horror genre, nothing will ever top that. You can sit there and say whatever you want. That was the greatest era of horror films. 70 and 80 horror films, there was nothing top that. The 90s had their gems. But that 70s and 80s runs is top notch. And people still clamor to this. It's been 40, 50 years between that. I mean, my God. The Exorcist is getting a new trilogy. That movie came out, what, 1973, 1974? People still talk about it. Hell, people are still afraid of the water that's dead because of Jaws in the 70s that came out. There are certain things that people remember that stick out with them. And that 70s and 80s horror genre still sticks out. And it's a fact. I mean, look at Scream. Scream has got seven films now. Seven, or no, excuse me, six films now. They're going to have a seventh one, I think, either next year or the year after, possibly. And it's a slasher. People love slasher films. People don't like horror films. They don't enjoy certain films, but they love slashers. They love the thrill of it. A lot of female, it's been a study that a lot of women love slasher. I mean, my fucking girlfriend is a fucking horror fanatic. That's one of the things we fell in love with each other. I was like, oh, you like horror? You like horror? We like horror films? This is good. You know, it's a, it's a fact, man. Like... And I just think that if you're going to bring Michael back, I think that that trilogy... And I think what happened was the trilogy itself, I think the... if if it, the Let me talk about Halloween Ends. And I talked about on this podcast before, an old episode. You can go back and look when I reviewed the whole Halloween franchise. I talked about the Halloween franchise in the end, at the end. I am one of the things where I actually liked that Halloween Ends took some chances. I thought the opening of it started off strong. I felt like what hurt it was... They made these all these assumptions. Is Michael a, chi- a, a grown man with a child mind? Is he? Does he transcend when he kills? Does he? Is he? Is he a spirit? Is he a zombie? Is he? They, we never knew, and that was what happened. They, I think, they tried to explain, throw out so many ideas that people were asking. Well, he's sick. They, they make the look. Like, well, Michael's sixty something years old. How can he keep doing this? And Halloween kills, and then all of a sudden, and Halloween ends. You know, he's, you know, the, him and that Corey Cunningham character, you see the, 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 the scene where Michael's decrepit and he can't really move and he can't really do this, he can't really do that, blah, blah, blah. He's crippled, he's hurting. And people were bitching about that. You couldn't win with the audience. It felt like the audience was split. And I was sitting in the middle going like, well, at least they're throwing ideas out. Here's what I would do. And this is just my opinion. And what I would have done with Halloween ends. And people could feel like I think if they went with Halloween, in, Halloween ends, if Corey Cunningham had got it introduced 
in kills. If that character had gotten introduced in the middle or towards the end of kills, and we went on a note. First off, Halloween Kills ends off on a sour note because the alternate ending, which you've seen, would have been so much better if they kept that in the final cut of the film. That being said also, you go from this badass gore fest, and then they kind of toned it down. And they toned it down a little bit, but unfortunately, Corey Cunningham put the Myers mask on the film, and he had the best kills of the franchise, best kills in the film. Even though Michael got his fucking in when he snapped his neck at the end. Now, there has been a lot of stories and a lot of things that came out that said there was a lot of ideas thrown around. Jamie Lee Curtis had a lot more uh, creative control. I mean, the way they killed Michael off, I mean, they did a lot of things. I mean, they sliced his neck. They sliced his wrist. They put him in a grinder. I mean, they did everything they can to kill him off. My opinion was this. I would have loved to see Michael and Lori get into a fucking fight and they both just die. They both finally just die and whatever. It just don't feel like... It just does not feel right that Lori lived. It just did not feel like Lori should have lived. In my, that's just my opinion. I felt like it was just too... It was too safe. That was the key word I thought when I watched them off the theater. That day. I was in Myrtle Beach on vacation. I felt like it was safe. And that's just my opinion on it. And... It is what it is. Unfortunately, we, I hopefully we get a better film out of this whole thing, and maybe we get some clarity, and maybe we can see what happens. Until then, we'll see. I, you know, it is what it is. And that being said, let's. We got one more thing to talk about. Well, a couple things before. Before actually, one more thing. It's fight week. Finally, it's here. Carrots Bud Crawford versus Earl the Truth Spence, the two best fighters in the world outside of Sal Canelo Alvarez. These two are the best fighters in the world, and I can't wait to get it on. It's been a long time coming. Boxy fans around the world have been wanting this fight. I've been wanting this fight. I've been talking about this fight for four or five years. It's time to get it on. I'll be at my dad Saturday night watching. I cannot wait. Um, I'm still predicting Bud with a knockout. And I'm rolling with that. And next week on the show, as I'm gonna, we're gonna end it right here on there, right here, right now, but Next week on the show, we are going to talk about the fight, the post-fight of Terrence Bud Crawford and Earl's. I mean, Terrence Bud Crawford and Earl's. The truth, Spence. Both. We're going to talk about the fight, post-fight, where I think both fighters will go after this, and I will give a preview and thoughts on SummerSlam. And also, I will be in attendance in Detroit, so I will be on the Facebook and Twitter page. Um, actually, I got just uh, just caught myself. But I will be posting on social media accounts uh, photos from SummerSlam and where I'm at. Now, that being said, one more thing. Uh, you heard that correctly, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I have been working on other social media accounts. I currently have a Facebook, Instagram, and now I have a Twitter account. I have not tweeted nothing. I'm hanging on for right now because I'm trying to get the YouTube channel off the ground. I'm working on a TikTok page right now. As soon as I get the TikTok page, then we go to the YouTube channel. When the YouTube channel launches, I'm going to post a big, I'm going to get a big cap cut going or whatever and push out all my social media so you guys can follow me on. Also, like always, before I close the show, I appreciate your guys' support. And it's always a good, it's always a great thing that that I've gotten a lot of clarity and a lot of support from people. One last thing also, if you want to hear your questions asked, Email me at greenshelby0310 at gmail.com or message me on the Facebook page. Message me on my or message me on my Facebook, Instagram page, my Twitter page when I when I announce, announce it eventually. 
Or obviously, like always, you guys can message me on my other media accounts. Say, hey, can you, you want what are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on that? What are you, whatever. And that's what it is. But like I always close this show with the clay, the classic green, the, the classic line from Shelby Green. I don't bullshit. I just tell it like it is. Straight up. Y'all have a good one. Peace out, y'all. Deuces. <laughs>